This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Gadgets and gizmos, you lucky people. So what are we beginning with? Well, as you know, there's nothing you can do in real life that you can't do better online. Um, with some qualifications, yes, okay. perhaps. Yes, yes. I'd talk about qualifications. Uh, Shanghai University, in common mm. with uh, most Chinese universities, has a rule that undergraduates can't graduate mm. until they've completed a swimming test. What? Because, uh, yeah, because uh, swimming is essential for survival, although China being a big country with a fairly small coastline is a little bit odd, um, and also for fitness. But it's, 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 a, it's a rule across many Chinese universities. And bizarre. the trouble is that because of uh, COVID-19, which is still <laughs> taking hold in a big way in China, in Shanghai University, not only are there no swimming classes, but the swimming pool is closed. Right. So the dean of Shanghai University has issued a ruling that uh, they have to do their swimming test online. Ah, OK, that's certainly not one of the things I would have thought would better online than it's in not, real life. It? It's a, it is a little surprising. Uh, but you do a swimming the, test online. Well, plenty of people have taken to uh, TikTok and the like to, uh, to video themselves putting on <laughs> goggles and diving from their bedside table onto their bed. Yes. Apparently it'll be some kind of online questionnaire, which, I don't know, it seems a strange way of doing a swimming test to me. Somebody who can't actually swim might still be able to compete a questionnaire. Yes, Not might. really very useful if they do find themselves in a position where they have to be able to swim for the for a question of survival. No, indeed. Indeed. Okay. Well, if they don't, they don't well, make it, they can always sue the university afterwards. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yes, or their relatives can. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, that is quite bizarre. Right. Next. Next. Uh, your car sat-nav, um, if you use Waze or Google mm. or even the built-in one, they're very good at doing voices these days. I don't know if you've noticed, but they're sounding more and more natural. I don't but have the voice the, turned on. Ah, we well, should try them. Usually because it's quite irritating. Uh, they've got very much better. And certainly on Waze, you can choose between dozens of different voices and, and languages and even within a language you can then choose different voices so, so what do you have this, uh, on my iphone on the uh, siri I've, I've now got an irish woman because i just like the i'd like the brogue the slightly oh, well, I, have, I have an australian i hadn't realized there was an irish voice on siri now i haven't looked for ages what oh, do you have on ways uh, on ways well for suddenly it's it, uh, you have always had a woman telling me where to go on ways because i'm used to women yes. telling me where yes. to go up and yes exactly yes yeah, just mirrors <laughs> real life yes but um i have uh it, it inadvertently i don't know how but it changed to a man and i didn't like it at all it was a very grumpy sounding man <laughs> i got rid of him as soon as i could hmm. anyway um uh, alexa the senior vice president of alexa at uh, amazon a chap called rohit Prasad has uh, demoed 
a new system whereby rather than Alexa sounding like Alexa, as she always has, rather it always has, um, not only can you choose different voices, but you can mimic voices. So it can, mm-hmm. you can give it an existing voice and it will reproduce it. And to demonstrate this, he used the example of Alexa reading a bedtime story to a child in the voice of his recently deceased grandmother. Wow, that's a mite creepy. It is really creepy, isn't it? It is, yes, really quite, quite creepy. Yes. I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it's a bizarre thing. Of course, voice cloning has become um, something of an issue. Um, the 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 biggest issue being back in 2020. If you remember, there's the bank manager who was tricked into transferring 35 million dollars to an offshore account uh, when um, a, a software was used to impersonate the voice of his boss. Oh yes, yes. So yes, yes beware. But okay. it could be very odd. I mean, the idea of having even my wife's voice coming out of Alexa, I don't know. I don't like the sound of it. Well, yes, because you might not know if it's Alexa talking to your your, your real wife. Exactly, exactly. And then one, they might contradict each other. Then where will you be? <laughs> Absolutely. God, imagine <laughs> the horror of that. Or even your own voice. Imagine the arguments you would have with it if it had your own voice. Oh, it doesn't bear thinking about. Let us move on to something else. Yes, no, we're going to have to have one of these. I'm sorry, I need need a pause. Right, I was going to say, let's return to reality, but who knows if we are. No, no, we're we're edging closer to reality, but not quite there yet. Back in 2013, IKEA brought out a smartphone app so that... Uh, you could choose uh, selected items from the IKEA catalogue and visualize, the, visualize them in your home using augmented reality. So you'd hold up yes. your phone and in the IKEA app, you would see the, yes. uh, the furnace superimposed over your living room. Yes. And this still from a company that insisted you actually go to their store and walk half a mile before you could actually pick it up. Exactly. Yes. Well, you can, you can buy stuff online from IKEA now, can't you? Yeah, probably. I haven't done it for many years, I'm glad to say. Now, the trouble with that, of course, is that unless you just moved into a new flat, your home was likely to be already full of furniture. Right, In which case, you know, it's a bit odd having one of their sofas perched on top of one of yours. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, they have announced the new creative tool, and I'm saying creative in quotation marks, because it's spelt with a K at the beginning and no E on the end. Okay. Well, it might just be the Swedish way of spelling creative. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt, shall we? Uh, well, yes, given that IKEA sort of name their things all very odd, odd names anyway, I suppose that is possible. They do, but I would and, tell you about and the indeed the I adverts. bought a lamp. No. I bought a lamp in IKEA some years ago, uh, and it said um, to be fitted with non-halogen bulbs, and they put the word non in capitals. So I thought, well, they must really mean it. So I looked everywhere to find non-halogen bulbs, and I discovered that non is their name for oh. their halogen bulbs. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So what but also in the adverts, they say, they, they say their name is Ikea. Ikea than what? I don't know, but Ikea. They may say that, but I'm going to call it Ikea. Yes. Okay. It's like Porsche, saying they're really called Porsche. I mean, no one calls it Porsche. Oh, oh, we're going to get Shakespeare, letters Shakespearean character. Exactly. Yes. yes. So the, uh, the new app will remove the furniture. Oh. It, it, will, it will map your room, and I'm quoting here, they say it will build a wide-angle interactive replica with accurate dimensions and perspective. 
So you will show it your room, it will build a replica of your room without the furniture in it. Come on, that's pretty clever, isn't it? But yes, if it works. It, well, it's available on iOS, but only in the US at the moment. And it'll okay. come into this country next year. And as soon as it does, I will put it through its paces. Excellent. Uh, presumably, you've still got to use an Allen key to actually put the stuff together. You've probably got to use an Allen key to open the app. Yeah. You know what, yes. IKEA? Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Or IKEA, yes. Okay, what now? Uh, well, let us move on to fingerprinting. Of course, we're all very well used to using fingerprinting to open our phones these days, unless mm -hmm. you've got a more recent phone, in which case you just look at it. Um, dactyloscopy is the correct term for fingerprinting. Ooh, and it turns out that fingerprints were used to sign contracts as far back as 200 BC Babylon. Oh. Good, isn't it? Yeah, I well, didn't know that. Yes, no. no. How did they know it was genuine? You can't presumably store... Didn't have the ability to store lots of people's no, fingerprints. No, no, they didn't. Well, the the the, the idea that um, fingerprints were unique were was discovered by a German anatomist in 1788. Apparently, I've done my research this week. See, I'm not just mm. plucking these figures out yes, of the air. Yes. Anyway, so ink on paper is the way that the fingerprints have been traditionally taken. Uh, since uh, around about 2000, police stations have been using scanners instead, so you don't have to get inky fingers. Yes. Just put it on the scanner, and. Um, there's a new fingerprinting technique coming out for police, uh, which is contactless. They can photograph your fingertip with just their, their phone. Ooh. And apparently it will capture it in sufficient detail, capture it, identify it, um, uh, categorise it, and then upload it to their database, all those things, without, without you having to be anywhere near it. Quite clever. And realise you didn't send a library book back 25 years ago. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They were having full details there. Yes. Okay. A bit, a bit scary, really, I think. Yes, it's absolutely. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we should categorise these items on gadgeting because I can't have feeling scary. About a quarter of the items we talk about probably qualifies as being scary. Um, I think that is the first. I suppose they are. <laughs> 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 I, they are. I, was trying, I, was trying, I was going to say that uh, doing a swimming test online isn't scary, but it probably is if you're going to be swimming. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so what now? Let us move on. To, uh, on March the 4th, uh, astronomers picked up an interesting site on the moon, which was two intersecting craters uh, adjacent to each other. In fact, somewhat overlapping in the Venn diagram fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and they couldn't work out what it was, because if there are two craters, it suggests that whatever crashed there had a heavy weight at each end. Now, rockets, by the time they reach the moon, have a heavy weight at the front end, but the back end is in just an empty tube where all the fuel was. Mm -hmm. So they've been trying to work out what it is, and, and they can't figure it out. No one has claimed responsibility for this thing crashing on the moon. Uh, it's just one more piece of space debris. Turns out, as it happens, that there is a vast amount of space debris left on the moon from the various moon landings mm -hmm. and, and explorations, um, including uh, a large number of Ziploc bags containing astronaut poo. Oh, with that many? There were only six missions actually landed on the moon. Well, maybe... How much maybe, poo did they create? Well, um, I <laughs> and, and after little of the moon... I mean, we used to go into parks and finding little bags hanging on trees with, with dog poo in oh, them. Well, there are no trees on the moon, of course, so that makes it difficult. No trees yes. on the moon, exactly. Yes. But imagine aliens landing there and thinking that they'd left these gifts for them. 
Yes. They'd be quite disappointed. They? Took them home and prized them. Yes. 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 Exactly. Bizarre. How bizarre. So no way of solving the mystery then, presumably, if nobody's claiming uh, responsibility. Well, uh, an amateur astronomer who's written some clever software to map trajectories hmm. says that he reckons it's probably a, uh, a Chinese rocket. But the Chinese are saying, no, not our rocket. Our rocket came safely back to Earth, or rather it disintegrated on the way down to Earth. So I'm afraid we can't show you the evidence, guys. Right. Okay. Well, that may be a good moment for us just to pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And having paused, we're back with Gadget and Gizmos with Simon Rose and Steve Kaplan. And we have talked quite a lot about autonomous vehicles on this show. <coughs> Endlessly, in fact. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you got in before me, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, and um, there's a new autonomous electric truck, which is being released onto American roads uh, later this year. Uh, it's from a company called Einride, who produced their teapot truck in Sweden in 2019, which was driving around autonomously in Sweden. But in the cab, there was a standby driver who could take over if, uh, if there, there was emergencies. The difference here with the Einride pod, as they seem to be calling it, is there is no standby driver because there is no cab. It is just a cargo truck roaming the streets all by itself. You see, that seems scary to me. It you know, somehow, even if there was no scary. driver, the fact that there is a cab with a window would make me feel more secure yes. than yeah. the fact it's just a box on wheels. Yes. I think I think seeing it going down the road all by itself would be... You'd, the first yeah. time you saw it, you'd be horrified, wouldn't you? Yes. I mean, even if nothing went wrong, you'd still be horrified. So presumably, I mean, just from a point of view of aerodynamics, you would imagine there's got to be something at the front. It can't be completely rectangular or it wouldn't be very efficient at all no that's true but even it's got a sloping roof the way that these uh yeah. these big trucks tend to have these days gosh well you say that but trucks in the uk have very flat fronts so in fact they're not yeah, yeah, yes. no, they're whereas not. in america they have a big bonnet sticking out the front don't they, don't they? With, uh, with the engine yes yes and i think the difference is i'm trying to work out why there was a difference between european trucks and american trucks and i think it's because european trucks go on ferries so oh, they, so they need to be as compact as possible. They need to be as compact as possible, yeah. Okay, that actually makes some sense. It does make some sense. Quite <laughs> yes, people, yes, that. yes, so let's, let's talk about something that doesn't then. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Well, from autonomous trucks to autonomous ships, and not just any old autonomous ship. This is the Argos USV, which, as I'm sure you know, stands for Unmanned Surface Vessel. Right. It is, it's from Norway, and it's designed to map the seabed. So mapping a seabed is sort of quite useful, both for finding out uh, with the contours of the seabed, but also for looking for you know unexploded bombs or leftover mines, the kind of thing that might yeah, well be yes. down there. And um, this one can map the seabed from a distance of two to twenty meters, 
although two meters are just a very very shallow seabed you'd be able to see that yes yes exactly yes mm. yes um 20 meters has, isn't um, terribly deep either 200 meters oh no, 200 sorry i thought it said 20 i'm sorry no right, 200 okay. meters is quite deep i don't know how deep the the sea is i mean it goes down to in fact, doesn't it go down the Mariana Trench? Goes yes, down it's, further it's than deep. the Everest goes up. Yes, okay. absolutely. I was about to say that. Yes, yes. But clearly, it is. Yeah, you know, it, once it's once it's beyond a certain bit, I don't suppose you really mind how deep it is. Possibly not. It's still <laughs> nice to know what's down there, though, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Anyway, so this has a range of lots of lots of bags of alien poo. I should think. <laughs> and that's where they've all been hiding. Yeah. <laughs> it's a range of two and a half thousand miles. Uh, and it can keep going for 25 days. But the thing is, it has just 5% of the emissions of a regular manned ship. Because, well, it's um, uh, it has no people on board to support, so it can be uh, lighter and uh, it could just roam around think, all by itself. Yes, but you wouldn't think that 95% of the emissions on a ship come from the people. Would you? No. Maybe they're all breathing out lots of carbon dioxide. Maybe they take cows on board with them so they can milk them. I don't Very know. Very strange. I don't know. I did I did question that statistic. And I was hoping you weren't going to, but there we oh, go. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I may so I, at least shows I'm awake. It does. <laughs> let, us, let us move on to, mm. I'm going slowly here, our crowdfunding at time of the week. To give you time You're doing to find that so button. I can find this button. Exactly. Here it is. A lot of people like to project movies onto the wall, um, which I've often thought of doing, but my walls are so cluttered with pictures, I haven't got a square. Yes, a I, have exactly the same, yes. I have exactly the same problem. Yes. So presumably people have very, very bare walls, except when they're, except when they're projecting well, I movies so. onto I them. mean, in the old days, of course, you'd have, a, you'd have a screen, which I've got somewhere. Yes, it would. It comes out of a big metal tube. Hmm. And uh, projectors are getting better and better, and they mm. are getting the ability to be closer and closer to the wall. And this is introducing the Screenio, Screenio U4, which is an ultra short throw projector. And from just eight inches away from the wall, it can project a 60 inch image. That's a five feet diameter wow. image, five feet corner to corner. From 12 inches away, it can project 80 inches. Now we've seen uh, lots of these things coming and going on Yes, uh, the crowdfunding platforms. The trouble with crowdfunding platforms, you don't always get what you pledge for. And so this one's five hundred and thirty-four pounds. You'd want to be fairly sure you're going to get it before you pledge for it. And it's likely that you will because the people who are making this is Philips. Very. They're crowdfunding. They're crowdfunding. Yes. Why? Well, I imagine to test market demand. So this way they can see if people actually want this thing. And then they can get uh, early versions of it into the hands of a few beta testers. It doesn't solve the problem, though, of what you do about the fact, you know, whether it whether it be sixty inches or eighty inches, you still don't have a, a big white wall. Maybe no. you could maybe you could lie down and project onto the ceiling. How are your ceilings looking? Ceilings are pretty blank, actually. Yes, you could do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that would be no. I'm not sure. Recumbent you, I, cinema. I don't think it would work on it lying on it because you only have the projector lying on its back, and I think the fan is probably at the back. Oh well, mm. you, I'm sure you could rig up something that meant that it was supported in some way that the Almost fan could certainly. still, yes, Almost certainly. And then you could crowdfund it. 
for all <laughs> those people who don't have white, big white walls with nothing on them. Exactly. Yes, because you can't have sort of pictures of your granny in the middle of it. Um, especially, you know, if Alexa's around. Because the granny would start talking to you, saying, what are you doing? In the early days of colour television, when most people still have black and white televisions, yeah. you could get a magic film which would turn your um, black and white television into a colour television. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And the film was tinted blue at the top and yellow at the bottom. So if you're watching a Western, you had a blue sky and yellow sand. Wow. I don't think it worked for anything else. No, no that seems utterly bizarre. It does, it utterly bizarre. And yes, what actually happened in the early days of colour television, I seem to remember, is that everybody who had a colour TV would suddenly find they were very popular with their neighbours, who would find yes. an excuse to pop around when, I don't know, Rowan and Martin's Laughing was on, or I can't remember what it was. I used to go and watch in colour at my friends. Ah. But there were certain programmes you wanted to see in colour if neighbours... Well, Snooker, for example. Yes, yes. Yes, I think it's true. Well, it wasn't possible before uh, colour TVs, was it? On TV? I think Snooker did exist on television before. I'm there fairly sure, because there's a famous quote. gaff, isn't there? If you're watching, in tele- if you're watching yeah. in black and white, it's the yellow or something. I can't remember the actual... If you're watching in black and white, the, um, the pink ball is the one behind the blue. Yes, something yes. like that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Anyway, so this is a Screenio U4, getting back on topic just for a yes, moment. Yes. Um, and the, the, the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo campaign ends on 15th of July, and they say it'll be shipping in September. And being Philips, I rather believe them. So £534, actually a very, very good price for a short throw projector. So if you're in the market for one, I would go and snap it up now. Well, not now. So this is for people with small, small rooms with long walls and nothing exactly. on them. Exactly. Yes, okay. Or not just that, but it, with a conventional projector, you have to have it mounted somewhere, you know, behind you, and then it gets in the way, and it's yes. you know, people walk in front of it. Yes. I have this thing called a television. It seems to work quite well. Television? Television? Don't be ridiculous. Yes. It'll yes. never catch on. Well, as it's about 20 on. years old, it probably won't, yes. Okay. Uh, two airships. Hmm. Airships, otherwise known as hybrid air vehicles these days, because airship sounds far too uh, old-fashioned. Um, and this is the Airlander Helium airship, from uh, which is being launched by a company in Bedford. And a, a Spanish airline has paid them uh, to build 10 of these, which will create 1,800 jobs for some reason in South Yorkshire, I don't know whether they're building it anywhere mm. near Bedford. Maybe the uh, maybe there are plenty of empty factories in South Yorkshire they can they can use. Each one will take a hundred passengers, with a, a tenth of the carbon dioxide footprint of jet planes. A hundred passengers is quite big. I have been yes. on an airship. Have you? Why yes, that? many years ago when um, I think I was working at the Beam at the time. Um, there was a company called Airship Industries that uh, had airships that had a relatively small gondola. I can't remember how many people it um, it held. But yes, we went. And again, based in Bedford, because right? there's an old airship hangar oh. still there, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly where it is. Yes, and they even took... So you, you used to see it occasionally over things like Wimbledon. They were used as camera platforms in, oh. in those days quite a lot. And they took it on a sort of tour of the States trying to raise money. And every day they had to patch up holes because people would shoot at it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes. Not the oh. gondola. I don't think the gondola was ever hit, but people were just, you know, quite happily, um, you know, shooting at the envelope. Ah. Oh. Um, it was helium, I think. 
Anyway, but... Um, oh, this is helium. Yeah. Oh, this is helium as well, anyway, yes. So this one's designed for a short trip, won't be transatlantic, but it'll do, for example, Liverpool to Belfast, which I mm. think is a very good thing for it to do. Um, apparently, uh, it's backed by Bruce Dickinson, who, as I'm sure you know, is the front man for Iron Maiden. I do know. I've met him very briefly, because he's a, he's a fencer. And my niece okay, is a fencer. Okay, this is getting really good. And he's also, all, he's also a pilot. So he would not only fly uh, the band around, but he actually does fly commercial airliners sometimes as well. So well, occasionally people have been... Not only amazed that you've heard of Iron Maiden, but doubly amazed that, the, that Bruce Dickinson is a fencer and triply amazed that you even know the man. Yeah, well, I mean, no. I mean, I've just very briefly, you know, was introduced. But uh, uh, yes, but a commercial airline pilot. I mean, I can't remember which airline he flew for, but many people would have thought, this is your captain, Bruce Dickinson, coming over the oh. tunnel. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, I think that's almost uh, up for time, I'm afraid. Um, so, thank you very much indeed to Steve Kaplan. We'll be back with more Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week as Steve goes off and uh, puts down his money for his short throw projector. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Back with more Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.